What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All of the Above Podcast Extra. We normally drop these in between our full episodes. Our full episodes, of course, super dope guests and multiple headlines and all kinds of stuff in there. Video format also, which takes some time. Um, but right now, we are sort of cruising into a new semester, a new year, and it might be a minute so you have another full episode. Actually, it'll be not next weekend, but the weekend after. We have a, um, a super dope guest that Jeff and I know from way back and who is now... Um, really big time and and getting his flowers, which is uh, fantastic. So uh, we'll talk more about that next week. But in any case, my name is Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. And I'm joined by Jeff and Jeff is on sabbatical. Jeff, how's it going so far? <laughs> oh, man, it uh, it goes well. It goes well. I was uh, telling Manuel before we hit record here that uh, this, pe- this past week uh, was my first week of being on sabbatical and it felt like it went by very quickly and it also uh it feels like i'm just on regular vacation right now like i still gotta go back to work on monday or something like like mentally i feel like i haven't gotten into a space of like no i'm just off for a minute here (laughs) and i could just shift life but i have started doing a few things which i will um you know pat myself on the back for one of my things that I've wanted to do while I'm on sabbatical is do more cooking at home and like try new recipes. So thus far, I, um, I made my first ever batch of eggplant parmesan, uh, which was delicious. I made uh, beef stew uh, with mashed potatoes, um, you know, and like from scratch homemade beef stew, which was sumptuous and delicious um, and appropriate for a, you know, brisk California winter evening Um, and uh, I'm going to be making some shrimp fried rice uh, tomorrow Sunday for dinner uh, as well so I'm I'm, you know I got that going I'm going to be leaving the country and traveling abroad I booked that trip this week so I'm going to be doing a combination of experiencing culture and language that I have not really, you know, experienced in that way before. And then um, laying on a beach for like a week as well. <laughs> and yeah, nice. so it's going to be amazing. I am, I am feeling so blessed and fortunate. And, uh, and honestly, still, like, it's a little weird to talk about because I feel, like, guilty when I talk about it with people because everybody else is working as usual. And I'm like, I don't want to brag or sound like a clown. But, uh, but people have been very, uh, you know, very, I feel self-conscious, but people have been very, like, happy for me and congratulatory and been like, man, that, I, our organization should do that, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it should. Yes, it should. We should yeah. all, you know, it's like uh, it's like I moved to France or something, and I'm getting a, a quote holiday uh, for the for the summer uh, kind of a vibe. Mm. That's what it's like, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I am very happy for you, even though obviously we the rest of us will be here fighting mm-hmm. for educational yeah, justice day go. in day here out, nonstop, and you'll be laying on a beach somewhere. <laughs> So, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, no, nah, absolutely. I, I really wish, you know, obviously classroom teachers, we get summers off, um, you know, most of us. And that summer off isn't really a summer off for a lot of teachers because they have to work or do something to supplement their income because of just all that. But 
still, I wish I wish classroom teachers in particular could could have the opportunity to to take sabbaticals like college, like a lot of college professors do, um, and take some time for travel, for ongoing learning, to work on projects and advocacy for for all of the things. Man, I wonder if there are school systems like secondary systems or like you know elementary or middle schools where teachers routinely take sabbaticals like a semester or maybe even a year off i know it's i believe it's in our contract that we can do that like it's it's possible but it's just like it's not supported in any kind of way so like one would have to be i I guess in a very um strong economic position to do that whereas like college professors i think for a lot of them their work continues they're just not teaching for that semester or or what have you so yeah man i want to learn more about that actually i'm curious i'm curious and i don't know if you if you are familiar jeff with um, you know, any system where classroom teachers like routinely get supported and in, in taking time away from the classroom to develop or learn or just rest and take care of themselves. I, I imagine that's no. not very common um, because if it were, maybe we wouldn't have so many teachers leaving the profession uh, burnt out and yeah. um, all no, that. Good stuff. I am not at so, all uh, aware of, of any place where it's real. Uh, like you said, I, I hear I've heard legends of technical yeah. sabbaticals that that could exist, <laughs> but not any real practice of people taking sabbatical outside of the context of folks right. who are professors and you know in higher ed. Um, and you know, somewhat like their yeah. situation, I think what I think I know at least about sabbaticals for professors is that usually mm-hmm. they're working on a book or you know or something like that, so they're not. Right. Yes, it's a little more relaxed and they get time to travel and stuff, but also they. They have some work to do. I'm not working on a book, but I do have some, you know, obligation right. to, to do some learning and some reading and stuff. So I will, you know, right. be doing some of that stuff. But um, but I also don't have yeah. to be at a school at 7.30 or 8 in the morning every day or at the office or in a Zoom nice. meeting or, you know, nice. all those sorts of things. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing great. I'm feeling... Uh, very, very fortunate and grateful for this opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. I am sure I speak for the members of the AOTA family out there who are listening and um, congratulating you and wishing you well on your travels and all of that. And of course, folks, you know, we, we will continue to, to keep the show rolling, but there, you know, there might be some disruption to our normal scheduling, but you know, it's a two-person operation. It's difficult. We already are kind of disrupted in our full episodes with guests and all that because it's just, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. So we love and appreciate everybody who supports us um, in your various ways by liking or subscribing or recommending the show to others or um, helping support us financially with all the fees that come associated with the equipment and hosting and all that good stuff. So um, shout out to all of y'all for helping keep this two-person operation going and for having patience as the operation um, kind of goes on its own uh, disrupted calendar at times because, you know, real life happens and we are full-time educators. And that always, always comes first before uh, the Saturday morning recordings of uh, all of the above. So, yeah. All right. So, Jeff, well, on that really nice, relaxed, uplifting, um, hopeful, and warm note, let's talk about Florida. Florida <laughs> is a warm place and there's a lot of really dope people in Florida. I know a lot of I shouldn't say a lot. I know many or of many really, really dope people in Florida, dope educators in Florida, um, dope friends that, you know, I knew in college and what have you. And I know there's a lot of great folks in Florida, but when headlines come out about Florida, it tends not to 
they, the headlines tend not to reflect the dopeness of so many of the communities and people in Florida. And there was a headline this week, Jeff. There was a headline. I would say it's a more just, it, it ranks higher and it ranks just above so many of the other headlines in that it just feels like a really, in my view of it, strong escalation in these attacks on truthful teaching. So I think we got to get into it, Jeff. I think yep, we got to get into it. We definitely get into it. And, um, you know, let's just let's just call a spade a spade right from the outset. America's uh, number one evil white man in training, um, Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, of the proud state of Florida, um, has made the headlines. I think my favorite of the headlines, Manuel, came from The Hill. Uh, in an article that appeared uh, on Friday, January 20th. Uh, and it reads, DeSantis sparks outrage with rejection of African-American studies class. Uh, and that, you know, that's a fairly straightforward statement. <laughs> uh, and just in case you have not heard about this yet, we'll give you, the, we'll give you sort of the, the facts of the situation. And then we'll talk about why this is horrible, hateful, evil, reprehensible, and extremely dangerous for a society that pretends to be a democracy. Um, so, uh, basically what happened was the state of Florida, their um, Department of Education, which of course Ron DeSantis has become deeply involved in and influential over, um, published a letter uh, to not published, I should say, sent a letter to the college board, which has since been leaked and shared. But we can only find scans of it online, not actually it being published from the state website. But all that to say, um, the State Board of Education wrote to the uh, senior director of the College Board Florida Partnership um, and said very few things, but including this. Um, you know, please allow this letter to serve as confirmation that the Florida DOE does not approve the inclusion of the Advanced Placement African American Studies course in the Florida Course Code Directory and Instructional Personnel Assignments. Um, as presented, the content of this course is inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. It then went on to say very briefly that like, but if y'all want to make this like a more racist uh, evil curriculum, you can do so and come back to us and we'll talk about it. Um, and so that was it. This letter was sent, went to somebody's desk, Brian Barnes, I guess it's hanging out on his desk. And about a week later, just hit the fan and it was on headlines and every major media outlet because this, of course, is wildly provocative and genuinely uh, racist and evil. And um, what this is, of course, is a larger extension of the Florida Department of Ed under the direction of Ron DeSantis and the Republican Party and the state of Florida and more broadly, uh, which has definitely just declared war on truth and the truthful teaching of history, but also more broadly, um, the sort of inclusion, inclusion, inclusiveness of public education more generally. So you may remember some of our earlier discussions of things like the Stop Woke Act. Yes, that's a real title uh, in Florida from earlier in 2022, I think back in April, which uh, effectively outlawed the teaching of critical race theory and banned the 1619 Project. 
Um, Florida also made headlines for the, you know, uh, quote, don't say gay bill, uh, which outlawed, you know, the teaching of um, like the mentioning of uh, same sex identities and relationships and gender diversity of any kind. And, you know, you can't say transgender or you're indoctrinating kids to become trans and, you know, just crazy stuff. Right. Um, and so this is just the latest extension um, of the state of Florida's efforts. Um, now, a little bit of more context. Uh, the advanced placement curriculum has been working on or the college board has been working on in addition to the advanced placement curriculum for like a decade or so um, to include African-American studies. Um, AP has included lots of other types of studies, European history, most notably world history, which is kind of like European history, the way it's often taught. Um, there are other uh, courses around, you know, language and culture from different parts of the world um, that are taught uh, in the advanced placement curriculum broadly. So this is not necessarily out of step with the, what AP does. AP is probably the closest thing to a national high school curriculum that we have in that AP classes are, classes are taught in most high schools across the country. Um, and, you know, this is Florida being like we're racist and we don't like black people and black things. And so we won't allow this uh, course to be taught in our state. Um, and this represents, Manuel, I think like a, just a continuing escalation of a, of a, I, I'm calling it a psychological, a form of psychological warfare on uh, children, of course, on educators, and on co the communities that we serve, um, especially black folks and, and, you know, communities of color more broadly, but also just people generally. Um, this, this is, uh, I, I will share, Manuel, um, a former guest on the show and Florida educator. She's a, a teacher in Florida in the Tampa area. Uh, Lorena Herman, who we had on, I don't know, a year or so ago, um, about her, her book, uh, Textured Teaching. And um, she tweeted something a couple of weeks ago, before this letter was sent to, <laughs> to the college board. Uh, and I'll share it with you now. She wrote, as I continue to read through and cite the Florida standards, I'm realizing that in order to teach the social studies and ELA standards well, you'd have to hold back on truth. You'd have to literally omit elements of history. You'd have to very consciously indoctrinate. Okay? Now, this was before they banned AP African American history from being taught in the state. Uh, and this is very real. Like, this is, this is what the game is, right? Um, the, the window dressing of, oh, it's harming our kids and parental choice and whatever other kind of fluffy language they're putting around um, the issue, it gets down to this is a conscious, intentional effort to institutionalize and, and strengthen, to reinforce the institutionalized teaching of white supremacist mythology, um, to institutionalize the, uh, the degradation, historical degradation of black people, of many marginalized communities, uh, across the, the spectrum of identity in our, in our country and to, um, to harm, to actively harm young people and communities 
that will suffer because they will not be taught about themselves. They will not be taught about their neighbors. They will not be taught about the members of their family who are queer or whatever it might be, right? Um, and now, of course, in this case, they will not be taught African-American history. And, oh, don't forget, because I know sometimes people like to think of Florida as, like, different than the South. This is, this is Mississippi, Florida. This is not, uh, you know, <laughs> this is not uh, Cuban, Florida, okay? <laughs> this, this, is, uh, this is just plain old, good old-fashioned American, uh, you know, white supremacist racism, right? And, and the allies of white supremacist racism. Uh, so, you know, this is a problem, dude. This is a very serious problem. Yeah. It's a very serious problem. This is a marked ex escalation in the tax on truthful teaching, tax on education, period. And the college board, the college board absolutely positively needs to immediately, immediately suspend all of its programming in Florida. And I mean it, I mean all of it. I mean, all of its advanced placement programming suspends PSAT, suspend SAT, suspend everything until further review of what the hell's allowed in Florida and what's not allowed in Florida. And that, I think, is the most direct and immediate and I would th venture to, to guess effective way to respond to this right now in this moment. The College Board, they, they have the leverage here. We have seen it happen before with other institutions and we discussed this before on the show, Jeff. We discussed how locally a uh, school district in California banned critical race theory and its local institution of higher learning, Cal uh, California State University Fullerton, pulled out all their student teachers from that school district. And Cal State Fullerton had the leverage in that situation, had the power in that situation to say, well, if you are going to attack education in this way, if you are going to uh, create a situation where we cannot, we cannot uh, trust the value of the training of our teachers um, in, your, in your school system, we cannot trust the value and quality of education in your school system, like we're not gonna, we're not gonna roll with you, we're not gonna play with you. So the college board, they could do the exact same thing. It is right there, it is right there for them. They could immediately suspend all programming in the state of Florida. And if they want, if they want to, you know, couch it in some kind of, um, more palatable way, they could say it's just uh, suspending it until further review because it's come to their attention from the Florida Department of Education that some of their programming violates Florida state law. And they're going to do a full review of all their programming to make sure they're in compliance of the law and just suspend everything until Florida does the right thing and strikes down this Stop Woke Act, strikes down these efforts to, to ban truthful teaching and to ban really the exploration of diverse ideas and exploration of, in this case, like black culture, black history, black thought, like the college board, they have the leverage here. I think us on Twitter or on our podcast or just out there in, in the education sphere discussing this and being outraged, I think that is very important. But I also think like it's in a lot of ways, um, not so much in our hands as it is in the College Board's hands. They, they're the ones who received this letter and they can suspend it all right now. And I know there's folks who are thinking, well, you can't, you know, if you do that, what kind of impact would that have on all the students who are currently in AP courses in Florida, students who are planning on the SAT in Florida and all this? Yes, I know that. I know it would be disruptive to their school year right now. I know that for sure. Um, I do not think that would be more harmful than the bigger picture of what's happening, which is the censorship and silencing of voices of marginalized communities, the ongoing efforts to dismantle education as we know it to be, 
and create a system of pure indoctrination into white supremacist uh, political thought in Florida. I think that is way more destructive. I think if the College Board allows this to be or puts out some little, you know, uh, statement about okay, we're we're going to engage in ongoing discussions with Florida. We'll we'll see. We'll look into it and kind of just lets it be. I think that would be way more destructive than temporarily suspending AP tests, SAT tests, and what have you in Florida. I think that this is the moment for the College Board. Like, let me let me just say, like, how dare how dare DeSantis force me to take the side of the College Board? Because I've been on the show for many years, for many years, <laughs> criticizing the College Board. Uh. Folks, no, I'm not a big fan of AP classes. Yes, I took AP classes in high school. I just think too often they are they are organized around teaching to a test, and I think the value of education could be so much stronger, so much. It's just, I, don't, I won't I won't relitigate that right now, but. I've been very critical of the College Board for quite some time, and the SAT, and just a lot of these things. So how dare DeSantis make me be on the side of the College Board and saying, no, we have to use AP courses, we have to use SATs, we have to use all the other programming that the College Board is associated with to be the lever through which we fight this clear, clear overreach of the governor, clear overreach of um, the governments generally in, in prohibiting the exploration of ideas and histories and truths of, of black folks right here. So the College Board, it's right there. It's right there in their hands. They could suspend everything until further review. And sure, there might be legal challenges or whatever. Let those challenges come because what is happening in Florida is scary stuff. It's dangerous stuff. If Florida gets, gets away with it, of course, other states are going to follow suit. This is very, very dangerous. This is the College Board's moment right here to stand on the side of justice, to stand on the side of students and families who believe that black history is American history. This is it right here. Like, will they put doing what's right ahead of doing what's safe or doing what's profitable? Like College Board, man, this is it right here, right now. Like, that, that come on, like, come on. And they haven't responded yet to my knowledge. And this letter was dated, uh, what, January 12th. So it's like, okay, it's been almost 10 days. Okay, fine. Maybe maybe they're lawyering up. Maybe they're you know having discussions with all their attorneys and this and that about what will the ramifications be if they go ahead and suspend all their programming in Florida. You know, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. But um, I need to hear something from them very soon because this is outrageous. Like it's it's so outrageous. I don't even have the words for it. This is this is man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you, you went there, Manuel, because I, my initial thinking was like, all right, what's the strategy here? Because this is intolerable, what they have done. Like, this is so offensive, so deeply offensive. Like, I, you know, it's to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it all that much. I, we were joking before the show. I was joking before the show that, like, sometimes people just need, like, a, a, a an ass whooping, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you say some reckless stuff, like... This is not, I, I do not condone violence. Nobody go out and give anyone a, a, a beating because of this show, please. Uh, this is not the official sanctioned position of all of the above. <laughs> uh, but this is, this reaches that level of like, dude, I don't want to waste my time explaining to you why this is wrong. This is so flagrantly, obviously on its face wrong that you need some serious blowback for doing something like this. Like it, you need to experience some very serious discomfort. 
because of your actions, right? Um, and needs it needs to be like very directly shown to you that there will be a punitive consequence that you do not like that will harm you in some way. Um, yeah. I'm, again, not advocating uh, anything here. I'm just saying like they need to feel the. There's got to be a cost. Absolutely. And there's got to be a cost. And I don't. I was thinking, like, I'm not sure what the cost is that the college board can give because what can they do other than withhold services and, like, who does that really hurt? But the more you were talking, I'm thinking that could be an interesting so – so the college board maybe has two levers here. One is they can embarrass DeSantis and the state by a well-crafted statement that's like, yo, this is some racist nonsense. We do not affiliate with this and support this at all. Our attorneys are cooking up a plan, and we expect – to challenge this to the fullest extent of everything possible, you know, and they could just issue that kind of statement right now. And they don't need to wait till the attorneys have figured out the litigation strategy. They could just say something. So I'm now I'm with you on that. And let's think about who would bear the cost of not being able to participate in college board programs in the state of Florida. I got to think without deep analysis here that it's mostly going to be the wealthy white privileged folks. Yeah. Right. Who are like going to be upset because their kids can't take the AP exam and get into Harvard and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. Actually, like those are the people who <laughs> should feel some pain in this equation as well, because you want to support ignorant fools like Ron DeSantis and these Florida Republicans. This is your cost. So I do, I, you know, now that you've, you've uh, helped me think about that a little more deeply, I support the college board doing some aggressive things here. I also, Manuel, honestly am starting to think, like, historically, it's hard for me as a former history teacher not to think about this through the lens of, of history. And I'm like, have we reached the, a period of the reascension of Jim Crow politics in this country, like explicit Jim Crow politics like this? Where um, and like what they're doing with voting rights and other, you know, other kinds of things where um, we should now like what we need to do is weaponize our system of federalism against states that are conduct uh, committing civil mm -hmm. rights violations. Right. Like part of the strategy in the 50s and 60s was there's no hope for any type of due process at the state level. The state is run by the Bull Connors and the Orville Faubuses and the, you know, these kind of people. So going to the state for any type of relief is an irrational act. You might have to do it performatively to prove, you know, we tried and they threw us out of the courthouse. We tried to vote and they told us to say how many bubbles there are in a bar of soap or how many jelly beans are in a jar of jelly beans or, right. you know, recite the, the, the Bible from memory or, what, you know, whatever kinds of ridiculous things were in place. And now we're here looking for federal intervention, right? Like we want FBI agents and U.S. Marshals to show up at the State Department of Ed office and say, you cannot do this. You will <laughs> do this other thing, right? And like, have we now reached from a strategy standpoint? Are we back in that position now? And I think my answer is yes, in many parts of the country, not just we're picking off Florida here because they deserve it. But you could say the same thing about 15 to 20 states in the country, particularly when it comes to education and voting rights. They're like, these folks have gone full Jim Crow pre-1964, right, in terms of what the law actually allows right now. 
banning of books, banning of curriculum, out, you know, putting up major procedural barriers in the way of folks participating in the democratic process. And, uh, and so, I don't know, it's not that I have great faith that the U.S. Marshals are going to show up to save us. Right. <laughs> uh, and also, I think as one component of a strategy, it made sense then, uh, you know, and I, th I think we may be back in that position now. Of course, we need like real movement politics alongside yeah. of it. But this is and we need, you know, some organizing by educators. We need like, where's the unions on this? Where's the you know professional organizations right. on this? Where are the universities on this, you know, on the faculty, um, you know, we need multiple fronts. But I think we have to think of places like Florida now, like we did in the Jim Crow era. Yeah. These are rogue states that need to be reined in with whatever means of embarrassment, forcing them to behave differently you know, occupation by federal troops, like literally yeah. whatever it's going to take so that they're not allowed to just willy-nilly do harm to black folks. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And it, it again, this is, a, to me, a, a true escalation because up until now, it's been this sort of vague, like, oh, there's CRT out there in the classrooms, there's this and that, and we have tip lines and hotlines and, you know, nothing's ever found. There's nothing, There, it's, so far, it hasn't been that concrete. And now it's like, okay, concretely, advanced placement african-american studies is banned and for it to come from what has been a, a highly respected and regarded um group like the college board um for them now to be um the focus of of a ban i think that is that marks a, a true escalation that perhaps warrants your uh approach about like uh extending this uh extending well involving the feds and taking it to their not not a not um not waiting for or allowing for states to, um, you know, one after the other in their own little ways, uh, attack education the way they're doing. I'm looking for, I'm looking for all the other folks who have leverage in the situation. Of course, College Board, I think, is the most direct one, but there's a lot of award-winning teachers in Florida who teach AP courses. I'm looking for where's where are their op-eds, where are their letters, where are their efforts, where are their where where are their um, threats to potentially not administer AP tests this spring because of what Florida is doing. Like that's a lever there. What about other institutions of higher learning? Like you mentioned, um, I, I assume a lot of students from Florida attend college outside of Florida because, you know, that's just that, that's what happens. So where is the uh, University of California system or the um, California State University system in saying that transcripts from Florida schools will undergo some sort of extra added rigorous um, analysis based on the fact that Florida is um, involving themselves, the Florida government is involving themselves in the way they are with um, with curriculum and, and what have you. Like, where are these institutions to say, like, we don't trust Florida transcripts at this moment because we know that so much has been banned and restricted that a student who takes a U.S. history course in Florida might not really be learning real U.S. history uh, based on Florida laws and um, um, efforts of the Florida Department of Education. So where are these other institutions? I, I just see a lot of opportunity here for folks to really rally around this and put up the fight that, that we need to have. Because if Florida gets away with this, if we fast forward two or three years from now, and yeah, AP African American Studies is in you know a couple of states here and there, but it's still banned in Florida and life just moves on, 
then that is that is just so so dangerous. I think this is the moment. This is a real concrete example of a a, a place where we could really hold the line and demand more from everybody who cares about truthful teaching everybody who cares about the value of not just black history but the histories of of marginalized groups all around everyone who cares about the quality of education like this is the time this is the place to hold the line here and i i don't know how hopeful i am but i am actually kind of optimistic that 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 can happen i am kind of optimistic that perhaps this is where um where desantis and the florida department of education um, overstep and mess up because so far they've had a smooth path towards the fascist uh, education that they want to um, indoctrinate their students with. It's been a pretty smooth pass, path of the Stop Woke Act and the Don't Say Gay Bill. It's been real smooth so far and I'm thinking this right here, going at the college board, advanced placement, something that you know really traditionalist folks like really, really admire and respect. Man, I, I think this is an opportunity right here of, of for some real marked resistance. And um, I also want to just highlight that like as much attention that we put on all these examples of what not to do all these examples of the wrong direction i do want to highlight that you know even though california is far from perfect and we have a, we have i don't know if you heard jeff but like temecula unified um not too far from los angeles they just banned crt the other day um so another southern california district banning critical race theory um and students in that district uh rose up and did this big walkout it was it was beautiful we'll talk about it um perhaps on another show but california far from perfect but Come 2025, the 2025, 2026 school year, every high school in California, public and charter, um, has to offer at least a semester in ethnic studies. And by the cl graduating class of 2030, the high school graduating class of 2030, every single one of those graduates has to have taken at least a semester in ethnic studies. And according to the California History Social Sci Science Framework, that ethnic studies is a course on the historic struggle of communities of color and takes into account the intersectionality of identity, gender, class, sexuality, to challenge racism and discrimination and oppression and to interrogate systems that perpetuate inequality. Like every student in California has to have one of these courses um, come class of 2030. And every school in California, every high school in California has to at least offer one of these courses, at least a semester's worth by the 2025, 2026 school year, which is right around the corner. That's like what, two and a half school years from now. So, or two, less, whatever. It's very soon, very soon. So, you know, I know that doesn't get talked about a lot and it doesn't make national headlines, but like that's the direction we need to be moving. And of course there's been problems in politics and drama around what that curriculum should look like. But man, compared to what's happening in Florida, like this, this is the way, this is the way, this is the, the, the direction that schools need to be going and helping students um, learn these histories that they've been yearning for and that they very much can handle and that they very much want to learn about. So, you know, shout out to, to folks around the nation who are moving in the right direction. I know California, um, you know, this, 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 um, Ethnic studies requirement is just one example. I know there's a lot of other states or districts or um, areas that have done something similar because because it's the right thing to do. So shout out for folks who are on the right side of things in in this case. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. Uh, one non sequitur here. When you said uh, this is the way, this is yeah, the way, was, yeah. it made me think that the, the the new season of The Mandalorian is coming Indeed. out soon, and I can't wait. Uh, and and also, I don't want to put any, you know, I don't want to put any spoilers out there, and I don't know, Jeff, if you watched Andor, but there's one particular. Yes. Have you watched the whole, yeah. all of Andor? I watched okay. the whole thing. It's no, great, no spoilers. Man. The last episode, I was actually a little disappointed by, it, to be right. honest. But that that was a phenomenal show. And again, no spoilers. But there's a scene where somebody is asked, "What have you sacrificed?" And the response to that is something that I keep going back to, and it's just such a powerful response about resistance and and the ongoing fight for justice, and how um, for many folks, those who are deepest in the trenches, um, grappling with the reality that. You might not be around when when we actually achieve um, the freedom and justice for all that we are fighting for, and just um, acknowledging the fact that the fight is an ongoing fight, and we all have our role to play. So, shout out to the writers of Andor, man. That 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 and that that scene was very powerful to me. So yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. Uh, great, uh, great Star Wars uh, segue there. Uh, <laughs> love yeah. it. Um, I you know. I think you are. I think you're saying a lot of things that are that are important there, Manuel. And um, I am. I'm. I'm frustrated a bit in this moment because I'm not. I don't know how confident I am that we're going to see the type of cost, as you so eloquently right. uh, put it, to Ron DeSantis, to the Florida, you know, um, Board of Education, to the Republican uh, politicians in Florida. That are that are doing these things like the, these are the kinds of actions that should make you a pariah, that should make you the butt of Absolutely. jokes, that should make you like like people should really call it. I'm not you know saying this necessarily, but I mean like let's say five years from now when someone says like oh you pulled a DeSantis, it should be like that type of thing, like yeah. like a notorious historical reference to like oh you really did something evil and like you better take that back before you're embarrassed and run out of town, right? Like this, it's this level of ridiculousness what they're doing, and um, and willful intention to harm people, and so you know I I am hoping. Maybe not hopeful, but I'm hoping that like the the various powers that be, the institutions that can wield power, the individuals who can you know make choices in this situation, will will use that power in Florida and beyond, as you said, you know, like other states don't have to, you know, accept kids from Florida who <laughs> are getting this foolish education. Like we have that type of lens in the college admissions process on international applicants to be like, hey, did you really go to like a legit type right. of school here where you learned stuff? Like maybe we should do that with Florida and be like, if you come from Florida, you got to take an uncredited two years of history to unlearn I love this racist idea. white supremacist stuff you got in Florida, yeah. you know? And like that's going to cost you $8,000 and no, we're not covering it with financial aid, you know? Now, I'm sure that would hurt lots of poor folks. So, you know, let's rethink that exactly yeah. before we do it. But I mean, these kinds of things, like there needs to be a very real cost. Um, and also to some extent on the people of Florida to push back against this, because this is, this is horrible and unacceptable. And obviously this is just the latest, right? This isn't the end game. Of course not, of course not. Um, you know, they see they see the data on like 
What are the outcomes for black children in schools when the curriculum is does not make them and their experience and their history visible, right? That leads to lower graduation rates. That leads to worse performance in academic courses. That leads to more suspensions and trips to the principal's office. That leads to more interactions with law enforcement at school yeah. and otherwise. That leads to greater incarceration. That leads to early death, right? Like yeah. <laughs> this is this is the train they are on and they know it. Absolutely. And they are not stopping. Yeah. Right? And if this, this and think this is a yeah. advanced placement class. So this is an elect you're not even allowing folks to have the choice of exploring these ideas in advanced placement settings. So like if they get away with this just imagine what else happens? Imagine what comes next. Like, how much longer will they allow there to be black student unions? How much will they? How much longer will they allow there to be just like anything, anything touching, anything at all touching so-called diversity and equity and inclusion or or whatever? Like, this is um, this I I again I don't have the words to express just how how dangerous this is and how angry and sad and hurt I am that this is what it's come to at this point. So College Board, I know you're not listening. I know, we're, we're, our, our podcast probably doesn't make it through whatever little filters you have in your offices because we've criticized you in the past. <laughs> I have criticized you in the past and I know, I know that um, in this sense, this is a unexpected ally type situation where we find ourselves on the same side of an educational fat fight and battle. And I don't know what to make of that, but here we are, College Board, and I really, truly hope that you do the right thing. I truly hope you don't release some sorry little watered-down press release about how, although we disagree, we look forward to continued discussions with the Florida Department of Education, blah, blah, blah. Nah, none of that. We are suspending our programming for further review. And if you want, you could even say for further review to ensure that we don't violate Florida law. Everything is suspended. And we could read through the lines. We can know that here you are standing up, standing up not just for what's right, but also standing up for your brand. Like seriously, I'm sure if we Googled it, Jeff, I'm sure we could find some statements from the college board uh, from the summer of 2020 or from sometime about their um, commitment to diversity and their commitment to equity and this and that. And I want to say, I remember um, a what two years ago they had they said something about um, it was some kind of reminder that in order for a course to count as advanced placement in order for a person to actually get that it has to really fit the uh, requirements of of the curriculums and that was their their kind of way of saying like yeah you can't just strip out certain parts of our of our curriculum to meet whatever anti woke anti whatever um, legislation that's out there. They had some little bit out there. Like I'm sure if we dig through the crates, the AOTA crates, we could find when we discuss that story. So come on, College Board, you are defending your brand, but more importantly, you are defending what's right. And we're waiting on you. Where you at? Where you at? Yeah, we're definitely waiting on you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in fairness, it's been a week. Yeah, so I get it. Maybe, yeah. maybe they yeah. got it. Maybe they got it coming. Uh, (laughs) but, um, yeah, uh, you know, this, this is, it should be seen as a direct attack on the integrity of the college board's AP curriculum writ writ large here as well. Um, and so, you know, yep. Yeah. Um, well, anything else, Jeff? So here, I, I, what? 
Yeah, one one last quick thing. While you were while you were talking, I was like, let me see if I can Google real quick, uh, like AP statement on uh, you know diversity or whatever. Right. And this is only somewhat related because this actually I think relates more to their like broad equity and access issues. Mm -hmm. But they have this statement uh, which I'll quote from a little bit that says. Um, uh, we encourage the elimination of barriers that restrict access to AP for students from ethnic, racial, and socioeconomic groups that have been traditionally underserved. Schools should make every effort to ensure their AP classes reflect the diversity of their student population. The College Board also believes that all students should have access to academically challenging coursework before they enroll in AP classes, which can prepare them for AP success. Um, so this is, again, a little more through the lens of, like, how do we get kids ready for AP classes? But, like, you know, this this idea that um, banning African-American history as part of the curriculum certainly does not align with a goal that says we want to remove barriers that restrict access to AP for students from ethnic, racial, and socioeconomic groups that have been traditionally underserved. So here you have at least a piece of it on paper where like this stands in flagrant contrast to what you've said publicly is your mission and what you are expecting of schools out there that administer the AP curriculum. So yeah. There's already one violation. Let's get it cracking, College Board. Get them attorneys going. Time time for war. How dare they put me on the side of the College Board? Le legal legal war. Yes, of that course. Is. Of course. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. We shall see what happens. Of course, folks, we will continue continue to um, you know, touch on this as it as the story develops. Hopefully, Jeff, maybe Next next weekend, you know, if we uh, get together for a passing period, um, hopefully it'll be a celebratory one of like, wow, College Board really did it. Wow, look look at them taking a stand. Wow, look at Florida uh, DeSantis and Department of Ed backtracking and and realizing that they they've been had and they've been caught and they've been uh, they overplayed their hands. Maybe maybe we could celebrate. Oh, one week that's probably too soon. Sometime sometime in the next couple weeks maybe. Um, we shall see. So, all right, folks, we hope everyone's doing great out there in the AOTA family. We hope your school year and, and personal life and all that stuff is going, going fantastic for you. Uh, we very much appreciate you joining us for these uh, conversations. Again, we'll have, you know, passing periods probably more often than normal um, as we just navigate differences in, in schedules and, and all that stuff. But Stick with us. Stick with us because the journey continues. The fight for educational justice continues. And we love having y'all here for these conversations. All right. So remember, you can hit us up at um, AOTAshow.com or through Twitter, AOTA Show. I think Facebook too, probably. Um, I just had to make an Instagram the other day, Jeff. I, I, I was forced to make one by Educolor. Educolor, um, I love Educolor and I love the Expectations Project. And they invited me on for IG Live about teaching the truth. And it was a fantastic conversation. Uh, hop over to um, Educolor's or um, Expectations Project uh, Instagram to uh, see that conversation. But um, I do have an account now over there on IG. And I don't know if I'm going to engage with it because I've just, it's a lot over there. And I don't know if I want to be over there. But, um, but yeah. Um, find us wherever you can find us and definitely, definitely we, we love your, um, continued support. And I believe that's it, Jeff. I believe it's time for us to get to class, except in your case, you ain't, you ain't got no class to get to Jeff. Metaphorical class. <laughs> get to sabbatical. There we go. There we go. 
All right, y'all. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Go ahead and get to class.